through tuning into her physical hunger and fullness, she discovered what felt good for her, what supported her body, her mind and her lifestyle, and she stopped needing those frantic overeating and binging sessions which left her feeling so bad. Welcome to the Yo-Yo Freedom Podcast. This is the place to learn actionable step-by-step tools and strategies to help you stop binging or overeating and start feeling relaxed and confident around food so that you can show up for your life on your terms. I'm Gemma Keys, and I know firsthand what it's like to feel out of control around food and trapped in the pain of binge eating and body shame. There is a way out. Keep listening to discover your path to food freedom. Freedom Podcast. It is wonderful to have you here. If you happen to hear a little bit of scratching or squeaking in the background, it's because we have a new kitten in the house and I can't bear to shut her out of this room. So that's what's going on if you hear that. But back to today's episode, we are going to talk about hunger and how to use it rather than being scared by it or anxious about it. As we've discussed before, Binging and eating can happen for many reasons. Overeating large amounts in a very out-of-control way, or binging, has in particular been associated with dieting and restriction. And with intermittent fasting being so topical and popular right now, that's perhaps particularly relevant. I'll definitely talk more about intermittent fasting in a future episode. For many people and I spent years and years in this category myself, eating well is more about trying to follow a set of rules than it is about finding a way to feel good, to eat genuinely enjoyable food and to feel amazing. It's as if our body becomes a sort of appendage to be manipulated and any messages it sends are not to be trusted. They're better ignored or overridden. So it's kind of not surprising that our bodies and minds rebel and protest and want to let loose sometimes to break the constraints. And that can look like an extended grazing or overeating session or a full-on binge, which might last over days or even weeks. This episode is about how to tune back into your own individual experience of hunger and fullness and how doing that can help you pull back from binging and overeating, and if this is a goal of yours, to find your natural body weight. If not really trusting your body and instead looking for external rules to control your eating, whether that's a diet or fasting protocol or replacement meals or a macro plan or whatever it might look like, if that sounds a little like your experience, please be careful to just notice and be curious rather than to tune out or shame or blame yourself. In many ways, to tune out and hand over our decision-making power or to think something's wrong with us is exactly the way the diet industry that's all around us has been set up. It makes me so mad sometimes when I think of all the messages that we've absorbed without even realising it, also that some company or corporation can make money. We're not good enough, we need to change ourselves and be better and to be happy and accepted. And 
the only way to do that is to pay for this product or that plan. When I think of that message seeping into my 11-year-old daughter, I just feel outraged and a little bit scared too. Because looking at another person, especially a young person, it's so clear to see that they'll thrive if they can trust themselves and their instincts and grow in a way that's right for them. But as our confidence in ourselves has been chipped away at, as we've been told we've got it wrong and second-guessed our decisions and our desires, it's way less easy to trust ourselves. So if any of what I said does resonate with you, please don't judge it. Just notice. Just try to be curious and open And also give yourself a huge pat on the back for keeping going through all that negative and limiting messaging. You've done your best. We've each done our best. And frankly, that is something significant in itself. And perhaps now is the perfect time to begin to tune in again. Tune into you, your body, your innate inner wisdom, or whatever you'd like to call it. And physical hunger is a wonderful way to begin. So what does tuning into physical hunger look like and what difference does it even make? Well, binging and overeating are often a way to zone out, to numb out, in many ways to leave your body. Let me tell you about Nat. Nat is an example of someone who'd been binge eating for a number of years and who had the courage to wonder what it might be like to tune back into her body to see what was going on. As she began to notice her body's signals and her hunger levels, she didn't change anything right away, she just started noticing. As she took moments through the day to check in with how hungry or full she was feeling, using the tool I'm going to describe in detail in a few minutes, she found that mornings were the easiest time of day for her. When she woke up, she didn't usually have any desire to eat at all. As the morning progressed, she tended to try not to eat for as long as possible. She described it as a way to compensate for what she'd had the day before. By 11am, Nat was experiencing clear signals of hunger from her body. Her stomach was growling and tensing, her throat felt hollow, and she found she was rubbing her tummy or wrapping her arms around herself and thinking about food much more. She usually tried to see it through till lunch, by which time she was very hungry. When she finally got to eat, she experienced such relief and ate quickly. She described it as stuffing the food down. She felt a bit better after lunch, but something in her just couldn't stop there. She wanted more food, something sweet. So she went to the vending machine at work and after a chocolate bar, she suddenly had no willpower left at all. So any boxes of chocolates or biscuits in the office were fair game as were a few trips back to the vending machine. By three, Nat was uncomfortably full. Her clothes felt tighter and she was dozy. She wanted a nap, but she couldn't do that at her desk, so she kept pushing through for the rest of the day, feeling pretty awful, really. When she got home at 6.30pm, she had already had a can of Coke for energy. She wasn't really hungry enough to be interested in a 
in air quotes here, healthy dinner, but she still felt driven to eat. So she grabbed at whatever was around, crackers, cheese, toast, a bowl of cereal, and then collapsed exhausted on the sofa to watch TV with a bag of popcorn or a tub of ice cream. By the time she went to bed, she felt stuffed, exhausted and defeated. Over time, as Nat began to tune into her hunger, she recognised how hungry she was allowing herself to get early in the day and began to eat a little earlier in her mornings before she got to that ravenous stage. She found the time that worked best for her to eat was about 10am when she was already at work and at that time of day she found it helpful to plan in advance. So she took a snack with her that felt good in her body and was sustaining, something to eat that didn't trigger cravings. As a side note here, if you want to hear more about how to find the foods that work for you, go back and check out episode 5 I'll link to it in the show notes or you can go to yoyofreedom.com forward slash five. Nat found that the morning snack meant she felt calmer at lunch, a little hungry but not so out of control. She discovered she was way more likely to make a food choice that supported her and she ate more slowly, feeling satisfied without the urge to get completely stuffed. Her hunger in the afternoon was a little more unpredictable, so she decided to have a snack ready in her bag in case she felt hungry. She said it helped her brain relax from feeling panicky, even if she didn't end up eating it. But more often, she did get a little hungry and ended up eating it, and she felt really good about that. She also discovered she liked to snack on a few nuts while she was getting dinner ready. It took the edge of her appetite and added to her enjoyment in preparing the food. So it really worked for her. And she liked a dessert. It was exactly what she wanted to finish off her meal, a sweet treat that she hugely enjoyed. For the remainder of the evening, Nat noticed that she felt less exhausted and she could take some time for herself. Having the energy to do something she enjoyed, whether it was reading in bed or calling a friend or going out, whatever it was, it meant she thought much less about eating. Through tuning into her physical hunger and fullness, she discovered what felt good for her, what supported her body, her mind and her lifestyle, and she stopped needing those frantic overeating and binging sessions which left her feeling so bad. Now, that didn't happen overnight. There were different stages to increase Nat's understanding of and confidence around what to eat and when. But her story is an example of where tuning into hunger can lead if you stop to notice and follow those internal signals. Regularly asking yourself the question, am I hungry, is useful in lots of different ways. It helps you become laser focused on the times you're eating in a way you end up wishing you hadn't. So you can gather more insight into exactly what's going on at those times and start to find different ways to cope. It helps you tune into your body and find eating patterns that are right for you rather than following what's worked for someone else or a set of rules that's being dictated to you. It acts as a pattern interrupter, so automatic or unconscious eating becomes less likely. 
as you notice the hunger or fullness levels where you're more likely to binge or overeat, that awareness means you can take action to ensure that you don't get there. In other words, tuning into your hunger and fullness allows you to gather the data you need to set yourself up with a support system to stop the overeating or binging. And that might mean staying within a range of being comfortably full to start with, if that's what you discover you need to settle your system and the urges. Over time, as you refine and streamline your understanding and experience of your levels of hunger and fullness, you'll become more likely to eat when you're hungry and when your body needs it, and to stop eating when you're pleasantly satisfied. And that'll also mean you'll reach and maintain your natural body weight much more easily. Now, not as many people as you might expect who binge or overeat actually carry any excess weight, but many do. And for those that do, tuning into hunger using the tool I'm about to describe is a really effective way to drop those extra pounds that their body doesn't really want or need. So this is the tool. It's called the hunger scale and it's there because the answer to the question, am I hungry, isn't a simple yes or no answer. There are different levels of hunger and fullness and it can be really helpful to quantify those different levels. Imagine a horizontal line with zero in the middle, minus 10 on the left and plus 10 on the right. The minus numbers from minus 1 to minus 10 represent hunger and the plus numbers from plus 1 to plus 10 represent fullness. Zero is completely neutral, there's no hunger or fullness at zero, just nothing much going on. As you tune in to hunger and fullness, allocate a number on the scale to your physical experience. Minus 10 would be so hungry that you're in a weak and sort of collapsed state. You have no energy to do anything. Whereas plus 10 is at the opposite end of the scale. You're so full, you feel absolutely stuffed. You have zero energy and you might even be asleep. Taking it down to the mid-range, minus 5 is a hunger level that's very apparent. You're distracted by thoughts of food. There are clear signals from your body like stomach cramps or rumbles and your mind is pretty alert to when you'll next get something to eat. Plus five is fullness that you're very aware of. There might be some discomfort or maybe bloating. You have to loosen your belt and undo the top button of your waistband. Again, this level of fullness is enough to be distracting. The numbers between minus five and minus ten indicate the range of hunger that's distracting and uncomfortable, and it's the same for plus five to plus ten. They represent a range of fullness that's distracting and uncomfortable, with ten being the greatest impact. And the lower numbers represent the early signs of hunger or fullness. Minus one is the first whisper of hunger. Minus two is the first clearer, more obvious sign of that hunger. Plus one is the first whisper of satiety or being satisfied. And plus two is where you're just satisfied, but you're not full. You feel light, alert and energetic. 
As you begin to experiment with using this hunger scale to put numbers to your experience throughout the day, here are some extra tips to help you tune in. You can start off by asking yourself where you are on the scale right now in this very moment and also where you were before your last meal and after your last meal. There's always a value in looking back to the recent past and so much insight to be gained there. You might like to choose specific times to check in, for example, three to four times during the day or at very specific times like first thing in the morning, mid-morning, lunchtime, mid-afternoon, dinner and late evening. An alert on your phone can be a really useful reminder to check in as you get going with this new habit. I also invite you not to give yourself goals of where you want to be to start with. Follow your life just as it is and see what you notice. That's going to be such valuable data as you track your hunger and fullness, recognise the signals associated with the different levels and also tie the scale in with the times that you eat in a way that you're happy with or the times that you eat in a way that you're not so happy with. Using this hunger scale allows you to form a picture of your body and the signals it sends and what it needs to support you best. And what your body needs is likely to change over time. As I mentioned earlier with binging, often eating to a clearly satisfied number on the fullness scale can be a great way to calm your system so it knows and trusts that food is coming, especially if there's a history of fasting or yo-yo dieting. But gradually those numbers can shift and you find you can drop down the fullness side of the scale, even begin to feel a whisper of hunger and be calm and relaxed with that because there's way less food anxiety going on. So to wrap up, tuning into your hunger and fullness is a great way to tune into your body and to find what it needs. To begin with, using the hunger scale presents valuable data on how hungry or full you get and the levels of hunger or fullness that are particularly triggering in that they're likely to lead to overeating or binging. And those levels can be very different for different people. Over time, you'll become more familiar with the signals from your body. You'll begin to listen to them and trust them. You'll begin to eat in a way that fits in with your life, that's enjoyable and sustainable, energising and nourishing in ways you love, and that leads to or maintains you in your right-sized body. In other words, you'll find your eating in a way that's right for you. And if you'd like more insight into even more strategies that are transformative in helping you move away from binge eating and overeating, do check out my new free guide, Eight Unexpected Strategies to Change Your Eating. You'll find a link to it in the show notes at yoyofreedom.com 14. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Yo-Yo Freedom podcast for more insight, tools and support as you pull back from binging and overeating and step into your most authentic, vibrant life. If you found this episode helpful, it would be wonderful if you'd take a moment to rate the Yo-Yo Freedom podcast on whichever platform you listen on. Thank you so much. Bye-bye for now.